0: you. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 20 of Rain City Bunker. My name is Greg Moon. I'm here with my compatriot, Andy Brown. Hello. And it's been some time. <laughs> seems like most of the episodes we do, we say it's been some time since we've uh, done a, a Rain City Bunker podcast. Uh, we are recording on June 30th. Our last podcast was December 16th. So it's been some time, Andy. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I think a lot of it is, has been uh,
1: just life stuff, work and everything and, and uh, some of it is geography. I don't live where I used to. Um, I live a, live, live a little bit further away. Um, but I think we were experimenting around with uh, doing the podcast through Skype. This is not a Skype podcast at this point. This is um, an
0: in person, in person one.
1: Yeah, and uh, Greg came to visit me in West Seattle, uh, where I currently reside. Um, but I think, I think with the the possibility of Skype and recording it through that, and the way I the way I've set it up, or I'm conceiving of setting it up, I think it should be fairly easy. It'll be similar to us just being like, Hey, Greg, do you have some time? I'm calling him on the phone and doing a chat that way, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Right. And part of the issue for me has been uh, I've been uh, very busy with work, which is it's a good thing for me. Uh, I've started a little company with a business partner, and we've had a pretty good size contract we've been working on since. Since January, So yeah, yeah. I've been extraordinarily busy. I've only seen Andy in the six months about three or four yeah, times, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I've been really busy, so I've been kind of begging off any time Andy suggests we do a podcast. But luckily, that big project's coming to a close. Have a couple extra bucks. <laughs> Won't be starving anymore. So uh, we should have more time to do these, especially if we set up the Skype system. We can yeah. uh, more easily get together via the Internet. Yeah. And do a couple more Rain City Bunker podcasts. Yeah,
1: um, I've been I've been having a couple things go on as well. Uh, I don't want to go into detail too much detail. One because it's not real solid yet, and uh, two, I don't want to just superstitiously I don't want to jinx it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, there's some stuff I'm doing with my interest in film and video, and um, hopefully I'll be able to grow that as, and grow uh, the Rain City Bunker. And I know um, you're still. Like you said, you're still doing a lot of talk. Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of talks still there. Not much happening, but now that I have a few bucks, the aforementioned bucks, uh, we're going to, I'm going to start advertising again on Google Ads, and that brings in people. And then my cousin, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the, this podcast, but he has a song. It's a great song. It's a rock song, and it, uh, we're going to launch it on a lot of talks. So maybe hopefully sell a few copies and. Uh, Use that money to promote law talk. And I'm going to make it better. I'm going to add a uh, status and I'm going to add pictures. Right, make it more like a Facebook fun thing right. as opposed to just conversation. Yeah. So, um,. We should talk a little bit
1: about what's happened since we did our last podcast, uh, and um, we looked at our we looked at the website and looked at what we did last, and we were talking about sadly we were talking about the shootings in Connecticut, which had just happened, and um, we had not quite approached the Mayan the end of the Mayan calendar,
0: <laughs> but here we are. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, I found that interesting because a lot of the minds themselves, I think, yeah. were talking about that wasn't meant to be a prediction, no, yeah. that was just how far out do you need to make a calendar? Right. A thousand years seem to be plenty, right?
1: I, I, I always kind of wonder where I, I should do some digging into that, where the actual apocalyptic aspect came in. I have a feeling it's some recent new agey. Uh, attachment to that yeah, calendar. Thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things that's that's happened. Well, let's we'll, we'll talk a little bit about we're we're in summer. This is um, a, a really pretty nice warm day. It's actually oh, it's getting hot, a little bit too hot. Yeah, about eighty eight um, today. But uh, it's hard to complain about that in Seattle because we don't get too much of that. Um, and uh, you know, just summer. I, I don't know. I love I love summer. I think. Yeah, I guess I like all those those times of year. Like I like the Halloween time of year. I like the Christmas time of year. Um, Then it's a big stretch for me because there's not really anything that I really connect to until we start heading into summer. And for me, um, one of the big things about summer is I love all of the movies that come out. Like I, I love that time of year for movies. Yeah. It's all the big blockbusters come out,
0: especially people in our age bracket where yeah. when we were kids, big movies like jaws and star Wars yep. and Raiders of the lost Ark. So those are the, like our wonder years when we were a kid and yeah. those big fun movies came oh, out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and two, you know, I just, I, I like the kind of, for me, I know it may sound weird, it might be more of like a physically active time for people, but like, for me, I like the idea of sitting where somewhere where there's a breeze with like a, you know, cold soda or an iced tea or something like that. And I read, you know, it's around and read. So, and I've been doing that since I was a kid, my birthday falls during the summer and, um, Greg is participating. One of the things I do or tend to do, I might not be able to do it this year, but I try to take um, a, t- a bunch of time off around my mm-hmm. uh, birthday. And then uh, basically I live like I was a kid. Again, I go and I, I watch, I go out and see... You know, matinees, I go get Slurpees at the Seven yeah. Eleven. Just basically, like, <laughs>
0: revert back to, uh, to being be And you're 15. a movie aficionado yeah. also, so that's extra special for you. Yeah. So any big movies out now that um, have you seen? The Superman's out. saw Superman,
1: and it was actually better than... I saw it yesterday. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Cool. And it was actually better than I thought it would be. Oh. It was uh, a little bit deeper than I thought oh. it would be. Uh, uh, so I would recommend it. We saw... We also saw... um now you see me which is um about the magicians that uh, steal from banks. And that oh, was actually right, right. that was actually a little bit better than I thought it was going to be as well. And we brought uh Jackie's daughter with us and mm-hmm. she she seemed better entertained by it. So um so two fun ones I've I've heard, you know, as, I'm a big fan of World War Z the the book. Yeah, you read the book, right? Um yeah, and I've been, you know, kind of following the development of the movie and I, I'm not one of those fanboys that just dumps all over something because it's not exactly like the book right but i i've heard kind of mixed reviews about world wars you know, oh. pr- i'll probably see it but i've know, heard I've, good reviews have you heard good yeah, reviews yeah. yeah um but I'll, I'll i'll be
0: seeing it and then you saw star trek as well
1: i did yes yeah. yes oh yeah and star yeah. trek star and i trek. saw star trek star trek's fun i don't know what you say about it except it's it's kind of it's a cool uh reboot i guess yeah uh, well, how do
0: you feel i have a little opinion about yeah, it yeah, because it. i, I I'm a sci-fi fan like you are, but yeah. I think I'm a little more, at least with Star Trek. Yeah. And I love Star Trek growing up, and and I didn't mind the reboot. I, right. I said, okay, let's freshen it up. That's fine. Yeah. But there's certain things about the movie that I kind of don't like because it doesn't fit in with the Star Trek. Kind of feel and can you done. do it without spoilers? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll talk about well. It a bit. First of all, it's kind of cool in a way. I got to admit, but it's nonstop action. Yeah, and to me that seems more like Star Wars. Right, right, right. And the thing about Star Trek. To me, it's, it seems a little bit more, for lack of a better word, <laughs> for sci-fi, yeah. intellectual. It's a little more thinking and right, strategy right. And, and not just nonstop action. So, I mean, in a way, the nonstop action is fun, but in, in a way, it kind of violates what Star Trek is yeah. to me and probably like millions of other fans. Yeah. And, and this other thing is a little nitpicky thing, but the engineering section drives me crazy. It's oh, it like looks a like refinery.
1: A, it, well, I think it looks like a beer brewery. Yeah, a brewery or refinery. It's yeah. ridiculous to yeah. me. Yeah.
0: yeah. They have big tanks and big pipes. And yeah, if you saw yeah. the first Star Trek, you saw it. And yeah. it just, to me, seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of action. And there's some good banter and some yeah. you know, good comic moments yeah. and stuff but those but to me it, the main thing is that it kind of goes from being what star trek kind of is kind of intellectual with action but right. just like to non-stop action
1: yeah. you know you you talked about star trek being kind of more intellectual and um something I'm, I'm kind of springing this on greg so it uh but one of the things i'd like to do with the rain city bunker website is put links to other maybe other podcasts and sure. other websites where you, not only with our stories but other things where that you might find it kind of interesting and um there's two recently that I've I've podcasts I've been listening to one was is the retroist or i mm-hmm. think it's just retroist.com and the guy you know it, it, guy, a guy guy about our age I'm 45 um I think Greg you're about I'm one year older One year older 46 (laughs) And he's a little bit um, Younger than us But He talks about Basically movies From his youth And Things like Halloween What the experience Of Halloween I definitely recommend it It's a fun podcast But You reminded me There's another uh, Gene Roddenberry's son Rod Roddenberry Mm -hmm. He goes by Rod Roddenberry Mm -hmm. Um he uh, created a podcast. These two guys host, I don't know if he ever comes on and, and co-hosts with them, but he created it. And so they have access to the whole Roddenberry Uvra and, mm. and files and notes mm, and everything. Yeah. And what they do is they go episode by episode through the Star Trek episodes and they talk about the meaning and the philosophy and whether it's still relevant and I think you would find oh, it yeah. really interesting. Yeah, that
0: sounds really interesting. And it's
1: called uh missionlog.com, I believe. We'll put these up as links.
0: Yeah, um, no, that's great. Yeah. yeah, we can have like fun links. Like yeah. you know, we were we freely admit we were inspired by Coast to Coast AM, yeah. Yeah. so yeah linked to people like that yeah. and I just started listening to this new guy on the radio. Well, he's not new, but he's a similar genre, like yeah. Clyde Lewis. Yeah. He's I a little check him out, yeah. He's a little conspiratorial-ish, right. but he still kind of covers these sort of things that we do fun yeah. kind of wacky yeah. stuff like you know, stuff <laughs> like we
1: cover. Well, and you know, talking about the kind of things we cover even though this isn't this isn't like UFOs or anything like that is one of the, you know, one of the big stories obviously since we've been we've last put on a podcast is the story about uh snowden what's snowden's first name i just popped out of my oh
0: gosh i forget
1: snowden the guy uh (laughs) he was
0: the nsa leak guy
1: right 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 he's the the contractor that's one of the things i think that he seems to keep is missing from the story like they talk about him being nsa but he really was not Officially right. NSA, he was working for a um, contract agency. A contract agency, but uh, you know, I do a lot of reading about the various intelligence agencies, and that's something I'm, you know, always kind of intrigued by. And for years now, the CIA and the NSA and all the, all those groups, they do a lot of their work via contracting, and, they, and the CIA always has. Hmm. Um, I read a book about the, um, you know, the one that was sanctioned by the CIA, and I think written by. Uh, you know, a former CIA uh, employee, um, I think. Uh, but it, I can't remember the title, but it was about the CIA technical services. So basically, the guys who made the bugs and equipment and, you know, fake mm-hmm. documents and all that right. stuff. And one of the things they talk about is how they partnered with industry and they always have. Mm-hmm. And so that's who makes the technology. Yeah. That, and so what they'll do basically is. You know, give the requirements to. Uh, let's say at one point they needed a very very tiny camera that could fit into a ballpoint pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used that for years, actually, uh, <clears throat> and they they had uh, some people develop the lens, some people develop the body, and all that sort of thing. And then afterwards, that technology and the developments were were allowed to go back to the company as you know, and,
0: uh, after some period after of time. some period
1: of time. And so that's a little bit. Interesting and disturbing about this NSA thing Because it, basically what he revealed And I'm not sure it was a Shock to anybody but The, the NSA is Collecting and Storing data About basically everybody um, You know Whereas what they've said in the past Sometimes actually <laughs> In front of investigative committees they've, They say that they, they just watch Foreign Mm-hmm. Targets, right. but no. It turns out that they actually, they actually record data on us all. Um, they record. The one thing we do know, I think, that one thing that's very clear, is they record all the metadata. In other words, they record the URLs that you that everybody visits and the phone.
0: Or for emails. a phone call, like who you're calling, exactly where you're calling from, right. uh, the length of the conversation. Right. So it's not the actual conversation itself, but it's information about the conversation.
1: Right, right, right. Um, and who knows? I mean, I know some people think, and I guess at this point it wouldn't surprise me. They have the storage capacity to record. The actual content well, yeah, of the calls as well.
0: And part of the reason we're talking about this. But that isn't known yet. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the reason we're talking about this is we talked about this in episode 16, and that was about mid 2012, mid last year, about a year ago. Um, we were talking about they were building a giant facility in Utah, and I yeah. think in the desert in Utah. It's yeah. Kind of yeah. out there. Yeah. And, you know, as we all know, storage is becoming pretty cheap and yeah. vast. Yeah. Uh, a new computer comes with a terabyte right. of, and that's a thousand gigs. Right. To me, <laughs> a gig still seems like a fair amount. To me, but so imagine a building with, you know, who knows, hundred thousand square feet. Imagine forty thousand square feet full of servers with. 100 terabyte drives. Right. I mean, they can store a lot of data. And um, they're not really storing it directly themselves. Was, there not, was even
1: a word? Wasn't there even a word? I want to say it was like a yodabyte or something like a, that. A pentabyte?
0: A pentabyte. I think it, it goes terabyte and then pentabyte, I think yeah. is the next one. So that's a thousand terabytes. There was
1: some odd word I'd never even heard before oh, yeah, the, the size
0: of the storage. And these are all prefixes for the number of zeros. Right, and we're right. talking a bunch of zeros. Yeah. Um, and So when we talked about the story, I think, a year ago, we were kind—and, Andy, I talked about this briefly before we started the podcast— is we were thinking of this in an abstract way. Oh, they're building this thing that can store all this data about us. And to us, it was kind of abstract and kind of intellectual, and we realized, oh, yeah, they're probably storing this. But when this leaker, Snowden, released the information that they actually are storing this information, I was saying, Andy, it's kind of visceral. It's a little more emotional than just when we were dryly talking about it a year ago. This is real— they can look at Facebook, Twitter, right. phone calls, texts, Skype was yeah. one of them, yeah. and it just blows your mind to think if someone wanted to watch you yeah. through those mediums, because we use it so much nowadays yeah. that they could basically know who you are right. by monitoring what, or email, they even yeah. mentioned email, Well, if and, they wanted. Yeah. And, and I don't think they are specifically looking yeah. at, I think they do look for keywords and that right, sort of right. thing. Well, here, here's a few things to keep in mind.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: you know, I know they've done
1: polls, and uh, the most recent one I've heard is the majority of people are not disturbed. Something like 60% of people are not. I
0: think it's kind of nearly a 50-50 is it a split. There's a lot
1: of people who are not disturbed by right, that. Right, right. Um, I am, I can't say I'm really that shocked. I kind of Me suspected either. that this was going on. I think once, and this is something Greg and I also talked about, once the Patriot Act... Kind of came into being that opened the door for a lot of things to happen, and um, if you don't if you if you don't really believe that or don't understand that, look up uh, Elliot Spitzer. Um, I looked this up again to just Mm -hmm. verify that this was actually true. And he was the guy from New York. He was the attorney general from New York Mm -hmm. who was caught um, going over the state lines and, and prostitution. Yeah, involved in prostitution and so forth, and. He and this was in, I think that was in 2003, maybe mm-hmm. 2003, 2004. I don't remember, but something like that. But, um, so not too long after the Patriot Act came into being, the reason they were able to find out what he was up to is they used aspects of the Patriot Act to look at his bank accounts. Mm. So, you know, here's the thing Patriot Act happens. They kind of tell people, don't worry. We're only going to use this against bad guys terrorists Mm -hmm. and everything. And then the first time I hear about it, they're going after a guy. And you could you could argue that it was political, that there Mm -hmm. were political aspects to it. They were going after a guy that was not involved in terrorism. Mm -hmm. That wasn't didn't kill anybody that didn't, you know, and you you have to question. It's like if there's a tool, will it be used now? The other thing to kind of keep in mind is even if you trust the government, you trust the NSA, look at who leaked this information. Look at who had asp- uh, a- access. access to it. Yep, This guy who did not work for the NSA.
0: But he got clearance, didn't he? He got clearance. Um, well, it's kind of not reassuring in a way, right? Because right. I, I, I heard people talking about this case that how many people have that kind of clearance. And it's actually a large number. It's a large number. And think about somebody, you know, You know, what if
1: somebody's unstable? What if somebody who wouldn't pass, for example, the amount of clearance it takes to get access in the military or in the CIA or the NSA? I I just think by the nature of them contracting, you're going to have a lower barrier. For entrance into into access and I think what the, the problem there that could happen is what if you get somebody you know if you want to take it to a personal level, what if your woman and your stalker ex-boyfriend gets this job with this company that has access to that stuff and he can add, with a with a keystroke he can call up a lot of data about you that you probably wouldn't be very comfortable mm. with him having. That's just yeah. just one aspect. Yeah. I'm not saying that sure. happened, but that's just Oh, one I better in fact
0: <laughs> I'll be very vague, but I had a job as a contractor yeah. where I had access to data. Yeah. And I found someone I knew. Oh, well there you go. And <laughs> yeah. luckily it was someone who wouldn't mind me knowing, yeah. but It does. I mean, and that's a private company. It's a very specific, small private company. There is limited data available, but it was it was data that some people might have been embarrassed about. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's the deal that we're dealing with in the information age. It's both private companies and the government. But to me, you know, my kind of my point of view is, yeah, the government does need to be looking around in some aspect. And that's why we have these court orders, which makes sense. Okay, here I have specific reason to believe that this person is involved with some naughty right, things. Right. We want to look at that person. Right. What me and I think a lot of us are a little worried about is the more general aspect of it. Right. And like you said, a lot of people aren't worried about it. Yeah. But well, you know what? And you know they say, well, if you have nothing to hide, you yeah, shouldn't worry. But I, you don't, know what? I don't like that excuse. The, the Fourth because, Amendment is securing your yeah. person and yeah. your papers. And yeah. papers has a different meaning now. People right. talk about things change over yeah. time, about the Constitution. Well, papers now, to me, also means... Like my data on my bank's website. That's my personal papers, in my view. That is not open to the public. And I think the the, the possibility for um,
1: bureaucratic, uh, anytime you have a vast system, and people, (laughs) I think sometimes people put a little bit too much trust in, oh, computers never make mistakes. I think the possibility for mistakes happening, well, let's look at the no-fly list. There's been instances of three-year-old children who end
0: up on the no-fly list. There's been, you know... Uh, and those brothers in the Boston bombing? Yeah, it didn't stop that. They had a misspelling of their name, Yeah, so they didn't get stopped. Right, right. And,
1: you know, um, and, and as I heard one commentator, uh, he's one of my favorite guys to listen to, and, and I, I haven't found him to be either left or right on politics. And In fact, sometimes he almost sounds a little bit more right-wing, uh, but um, Robert... Uh, what is it? Robert Young Pelton, and he's a writer that goes to war zones and mm. everything, and and he was called, a war correspondent. War, well, guy. he's not really; he doesn't consider himself a reporter. He considers himself a writer. Mm. But this guy goes into some hairy, hairy places, and he's he's you know gone to terrorist training camps and stuff like that. He doesn't just embed with the military. He goes mm. and you know he's been with Al Qaeda and you know all all sorts of stuff. And um, one of the things he said about this is he's like, look. He's like the Patriot Act and this this type of spying that they're doing, it was reactive to September eleventh. Mm-hmm. And he's like, But that like Al Qaeda and that kind of threat, that doesn't as it was back then, that doesn't exist anymore. And he's like, So what happens? What happens? You have these two disaffected <coughs> you have these two disaffected brothers. Um, or at least one of them this is what from what we know right now one of them who's kind of looks like he was pissed off he didn't become a, an olympic boxer and then turned Oh, that, the boston yeah the boston guys i
0: forget their names yeah Yarmarnov.
1: it sounds vaguely russian yeah and um, and you know convinces his dopey younger brother to go do this and there is no way really no way that the Patriot Act or this NSA spying or whatever it wouldn't have it would have stopped them. It didn't stop them, yeah. and you know so they. And then all we have is their word, and I don't know. I'm not comfortable. I don't know about you, but basically they come out and they say one. Well, prior to Snowden's revelations, the head of the NSA, whose name I, I don't can't recall, but he was testifying, and he basically was asked directly, "Are you doing this sort of thing? Are you collecting the metadata?" And he he said, "No." This was before the Snowden before revelation. the Snowden yeah, thing, yeah. and. So now the reaction to the Snowden thing is saying, well, you know, don't worry. It's never going to be used Mm -hmm. against the average person. um, And we stopped all sorts of things from happening. Now, the Robert Young Pelton guy, he's like, I don't know. I don't have access. But he's like, but it seems like to me more what they've done is once they catch somebody, then they have evidence that they can. Right. Pre- present in right. court, but yeah. has it prevented anything? We only have their word on it, and I don't know if their word yeah. really means that
0: much. Yeah, and point. but it really. And I'm still a little vague on the details of okay. it all, but if they're going to be looking at everyone, th- to me that's just unconstitutional. Yeah. yeah. If they have a specific reason to look at me, Greg right. Moon, and they can present evidence to a judge yeah. that there's reason, yeah. then that makes sense. Yeah. But what it, it just really disturbs me that they could look at everyone and well um, in my larger point, which a lot of people, I don't know.
1: I'm beginning to wonder if I'm the only person that's like this, but not only do I dislike it for it's wrongness on an ethical level, I question it's, Efficacy, effective. efficacy yeah, effective. Yeah. As as a preventative, as yeah. something that
0: makes us safer. Yeah. And, 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 and so, you know, I, mean, I don't and, think it does. And what's kinda interesting is a person who follows current events pretty closely, yeah. I use some of those keywords a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm talking about the events. And yeah. I'll say there was a terrorist bombing or whatever the keywords right, are. Right, right. So probably like ninety percent of the people using those keywords or maybe more, maybe ninety nine percent, maybe some huge percent. Yeah. So in in the people that are involved with that, they probably have code words, which yeah. may not be that hard to decipher. Right. But they have to know what those words are to kind of key in on them. Yeah. So it, it, and, it is a bag. It's yeah. a can of worms. And, and, it's, and it's very I complicated. Just, think, just it, how effective is it? And.
1: Anytime you, you do this, too, you know, with go, with, uh, without going into details, but I know I've talked to Greg about this a little bit. I can think of a few ways where you could actually use what they're doing. To cover your tracks, mm-hmm. all you have to do yeah. is be clever. I mean, I'm not going to give anybody any, any ideas, but I don't think it's really that hard to think. Like, if law enforcement, if the intelligence agencies, if, if whoever—if you think they're if, listening—if they—if—if if they rely on this t- too much, it opens a door for clever people to circumvent it, and. Another thing that the, you know, you hate to keep referencing him, but I think he made an excellent point that Robert, the Robert Young Pelton guy said that uh, I thought was dead on is, is he's like a lot of these things when they are stopped, they're stopped through human intel. Right. Dumb luck. Dumb luck. And just good old fashioned kind of police detective. Yeah. Human intel. Yeah. And um uh, you know, I, I think that's really what it comes down to. If you rely too much on this stuff, or you, if you think this stuff is is kind of uh, flawless or whatever, I, I think you're really opening yeah. Well, think of your own self. I haven't done
0: this, but think of your own self online. You right. could easily create a new account with a new email address right. and pretend you're someone else. Yeah. you could have an alter ego pretty easily. Yeah. In fact, you know, sometimes on the internet you can mess with people more because they don't know the inflection of your voice and all these other things. So you can say these outrageous things that you don't mean and you're messing with someone or whatever it may be trying to mislead someone or something. So the electronics, it's wonderful. We both love it. We're on the internet broadcasting our podcasts, but it, it's also like you say it's many ways it's limited it's yeah. not full reality yeah. it's partial it's part of reality it's a snapshot of reality yeah. in a way yeah but uh it, it misses a lot yeah of of what what r- real life is all about yeah and
1: but i'm i you know uh just just kind of wrapping up this subject though i am <laughs> you know snowden's kind of on the run um and you know it's kind of unclear where he actually is right now i think
0: last i heard he was in moscow yeah. still Oh no, still yeah. trying to get to uh, ecuador. ecuador via cuba yeah but yeah I know.
1: well i think the one thing you could say is he's got an interesting life ahead of him for the yeah <laughs> for the foreseeable man future.
0: yeah 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 uh,
1: it will be it will be interesting i think i was talking to another friend about this it's <laughs> it's not really important it's the story—it's not really too important who he is, but I am—I am interested to find out more about him and his motivations and stuff like that. Um, but uh, any anyway, rate, so uh, we. Beyond the NSA story, I can see Greg is madly looking it up. About it. Um, we had a couple other things that are more our speed, more what our Balawick and what we're good at. Um, and we're going to do a couple of, um, hopefully we'll be able to get the effects on this when I say it, but we're going to do a couple of, or at least one can definitely fall in that category. Creature feature.
0: Yeah, I was digging around, uh, surfing a couple weeks ago, it looks like here, and I found a story that fits well into our genre of the creature feature, Uh, and this is particularly interesting to me because there in Florida, if you're not familiar with it, there's a Bigfoot-like creature in the swamps or whatever they have in Florida called a skunk ape, (laughs) Do you, do you know much about the skunk ape off, I, I, t- offhand? I've he? heard a
1: little bit about it. He And I think part of the reason they call him the skunk ape is because there's a bad smell. He of smells bad, yeah. And um, now is he supposed to be, or, or I'm just saying he and the genetic He or she. <laughs> <laughs> is he supposed to be the same height as Bigfoot?
0: You know, I don't smaller? know. We probably should have done a little more homework. Yeah. But it's a Bigfoot-like creature. Yeah. And this article, we'll post the link, is uh, from a Miami uh, CBS station in Florida and the headline is man claims he spotted Florida's elusive skunk ape stated June 14th of this year 2013 uh, Sarasota County a Florida man has come forward with video on YouTube claiming he spotted the rare and elusive skunk ape on camera Mike Falconer posted his video and still pictures on YouTube he claims the video and pictures were taken on March 2nd, 2013, at the Mayaka River <laughs> State Park in Sarasota County. Pronunciation uh, Mayaka, it looks like something from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an interesting name. Uh, the video from his iPhone 4S is grainy, and the creature is very far away, but he said he and his son spotted. L- Spotted the large hairy creature and quickly began pursuing it across a large field. Now, I'm, now this is me talking. I'm not sure that's a great idea, is it? Andy, <laughs> you see a big hairy
1: uh, yeah, creature. Yeah, in the swamps, and- the swamps of Florida, just go running after some creature <laughs> that you can't identify. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And this is a short story. Just a couple more short paragraphs here. He and his son can be seen in the video chasing down what they believe is a skunk ape, a large, stinky beast and reputed cousin of Bigfoot. Others also stopped their cars along the road, try to get a glimpse. This uh, is not the first time a skunk ape may have been photographed in Sarasota County. In 2000, a Sarasota woman took photos of large hairy of a large hairy animal in her backyard, taking apples from her back porch. She mailed two pictures to the sheriff's department. While she thought she, she thought it was an orangutan, Bigfoot enthusiasts <laughs> believed it was a skunk ape. The skunk ape is also known as a stink ape and myaka ape. And Mayaca skunk ape it is rumored to live in the Florida Everglades, as well as North Carolina and Arkansas, although reports from Florida are more common. The smell of the skunk ape has been reported to be similar to rotten eggs. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that's the whole story, and we'll post that. And there's a little video, and I, I, I've i seen the video. Andy hasn't. And it's it's very, very non-impressive. Ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what does grab my attention is they mentioned in the story that people— Stopped. Yeah. So they're along this field, along a highway. It looks like a rural highway, yeah. and they're stopping and looking at whatever this is. So yeah. to me, that tells me something was there, whether it was a skunk you, ape or whatever. Do
1: you wonder? I mean, it's 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 not uncommon. I remember there was a story. Um, you know, I'm I'm originally I, I lived in uh, Connecticut and lived close to Hartford. And um, I remember there was a story from a couple of years ago. You might remember this, where this woman had in West Hartford, which is not a rural area. It's a pretty dense, dense urban, dense urban suburban, suburban area. She had a pet chimp. Do you remember that? It escaped and it attacked. <laughs> it was actually a pretty frightening story. It attacked. It, it, it attacked her friend, and the woman had to escape in her car. And the cop, the police came and had to shoot it. Oh, and, I don't.
0: You, I don't. I'm not sure I recall that one. Yeah, Is that the one I, where their face got ripped? I think it was one of the ones. Because yeah, that, I remember that one was like it was in a cage and got out of its cage. That was a different one. That okay. was in right. California oh, okay. or something. Okay. Like. But
1: this was this was. I remember it was really. I it, it, it kind of caught my attention because it happened. In West Hartford, and the idea that someone had a chimpanzee that they had as a pet. So we know people have exotic pets. I mean, have them in. And, you know, the environment, I'm guessing, I'm, you know, I'm no biologist or zoologist, but I'm guessing that the environment in Florida probably would be, at least for. Some period of time would maybe support some sort of escaped, like let's say it was a chimp. Oh or yeah, like I bet that. yeah, yeah, and exactly
0: yeah, because that's a, it's kind of a semi-tropical,
1: tropical well, environment. Yeah,
0: so and chimps are from Africa.
1: Right. Until it Africa, got America. until it got eaten by a boa constrictor that escaped from somebody else. <laughs> but um, but you know, I, you know, whenever I hear stories like this, I'm, I assume want, it's yeah, possible sure, that sure. it could be something. That like could That could be
0: an escaped chimpanzee or yeah. Who knows? Maybe someone had a pet great ape. (laughs) Is that possible? People do all kinds of crazy things, right? It would be cool if you said a great ape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, this is interesting. I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but this was years ago, over 12, over 10 years ago. And I was in my house. It was summer. And I heard this weird squawking noise. And I was thinking, what the heck is that? And I'm looking around, and I realize in the tall trees across the street, there's... A parrot. Oh, yeah. Or a, co- a parrot, some very yeah. colorful bird. And then I noticed there were several of them, and I think I saw them a couple other times. Yeah. And you know, I looked it up on the Internet, yeah. and it turned out that somehow this flock, a small flock of escaped yeah. parrots or I forget the other kinds of birds, cockatoos yeah. or whatever, they formed a little flock, and it lived in Seattle. And Seattle, obviously not. Semi-tropical, but right, right. we're fairly mild, and I guess this yeah. flock survived for several years. Yeah, because yeah, you, they're, they're not accustomed to cold. Right. Yeah, I, I remember
1: reading about that, and I, I think I've seen one of them as well. Because I remember being at being somewhere and seeing this bird that was clearly a parrot and was just making a god awful racket. Because when they their natural sounds are woof, they're yeah, they're crazy sounds.
0: So that to me lends credence yeah. to your idea that. The skunk ape yeah. could be an escaped chimpanzee, chimpanzee or something, yeah. but how? I gotta admit, these guys are dumb chasing after. If, yeah. it, if you're chasing after a chimpanzee, they're strong. Oh, they yeah, can rip they his are. arms or face yeah. off. Yeah. Or if it really is a skunk ape, if they exist, yeah. that thing's like six foot and three hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That would
1: really kill. And don't I? I think don't. Uh, doesn't Florida have bears as well?
0: I don't know. I thought they have like a, they some may black well bears. And yeah, so.
1: Like
0: <laughs> You're not supposed to pursue wild creatures. No. Even to get a better video to put on YouTube. You know, try it maybe cautiously approach, but man, running after that, that that seems very ill uh, advised to me. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. so this doesn't quite fit into the creature creature feature moving or was, on, moving on. But, uh, this is, well, new, maybe kind of a yeah, creature thing. So yeah, it might, it could potentially be, one. <laughs> um, but it, it reminds me of, uh, Greg had never heard of this book. Um, but a book I think I read when I was a kid, or at least I was familiar with it. And I think it was called the secret of Nim and, or the rats of Nim or something like that. And, um, the, uh, if I remember, I mean, this is stretching back into my childhood memory, but they, they did make a movie out of it. I think might have even been Disney. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's basically about these super intelligent rats that escape from the National Institute of Mental Health, which mm-hmm. is NIM. Um, and um, <laughs> Greg had his phone go off there. And uh, uh, they, be, they form their own community and so forth and so on. But uh, the story... In which we'll put a link as well. Um, I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs because that's all we really need. Um, ah, he's yes. Uh, so this is how the how it reads. Um, it's not quite Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but it might not be too far off either. By grafting human glial cells into the brains of mice, neuroscientists were able to, quote, sharply enhance, unquote, their cognitive capacities. These improvements included augmentations to memory, learning, and adaptive conditioning. It's a breakthrough that could yield important insights into the treatment of human brain disorders. And I just thought that was really interesting that you could literally put human brain tissue or these glials um, into another species, a mouse, and it actually increases its intelligence. And Oh, you know what else it reminded me of? Do you remember um, it was another book? The book is called Flowers for Algernon, and the movie was called Charlie, and it was about a mentally disabled... The book was written, I think, in the late 50s, early mm-hmm. 60s, and it's about this mentally disabled man. This, I, this was a theme that just really disturbed me when i was a kid because i think i saw the movie somewhere where um they they find a, a treatment or an injection or something uh that that helps this guy who's he's mentally disabled in it in it it increases in his intelligence he becomes super smart and i remember there's in fact i think that might be the eponymous mouse is algernon um that they do the initial studies on and it can make its way through the maze faster and faster. Uh-huh. And, but what's the real tragedy of the story is all of a sudden they begin and to And a
0: fictional story you're talking about. A fictional about. story, yeah.
1: yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, the tragedy of it is the uh, in the story the mouse begins to stop. He, he, he can't figure out how to go through the maze again so it's only temporary. Oh, yeah. So the human, Charlie, I believe is his name, in the, in the movie and the book... He realizes he has the intelligence enough to know that it's going to go away. Oh, wow! Yeah,
0: it's a it's kind of a powerful and disturbing yeah. thought because yeah. you know. But this story you're talking about this you you just brought this to my attention. The first time I heard it was just about an hour ago, yeah. and it's really amazing. Like yeah. you said, it's amazing that they can do this. Yeah, they can take human brain cells. Gle- glial cells Gleals, yeah. and put it in another species, and it helps that other species. And you know, uh, what, what's it called? Chimera when it's a, both a human yeah. and a or, a. or a chimera is, well, it's from the, I think, uh,
1: ancient Greek. That was the, the creature that was a combination of all sorts. It had like yeah. eagle's wings and a, a hawk's head right. and a lion's body. Right. But a chimera in the biological sense is a combining of. Well, what it used to mean, at least, is uh, combining of two closely related species that cannot mate, and they so they they were able to do it with a goat and a sheep. Okay, but we're not closely related to a mouse, so that's a step even further. So yeah, Yeah. it's pretty
0: amazing, and I mean, it opens up all kinds of (laughs) sci-fi possibilities. And what what it makes, and you know, but, but the good news is this could help disabled people yes, yes. get some new therapies right. physical therapies to improve people that are disabled or, right. or whatever through right. injuries but <laughs> the first thing that came through my mind is a doctor, the island of Dr. Or Moreau, Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little disturbing yeah. you know these half ape half humans or right. half what was in that movie everything. Human. yeah, human yeah. that's a little disturbing and that opens up very interesting and, but, and of course a lot of ethical questions right. and stuff but I suppose if the research is confined <laughs> To mice at right. this point, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, like we're just talking about the NSA. So much this technology is a double-edged sword. It can help humanity. Like, who doesn't love Facebook and the internet and Google searches? Well, I know a lot of people, but yeah. <laughs> but in general, you know, look at how amazing all the world's information is at our fingertips. Yeah. But. All our information is at the government's fingertips at the same time. So it's the dual yeah, dual edged sword. Same thing with this stuff. This stuff could really help people that need help with, you know, brain injuries or disabled or whatever. But it opens up the door for these bizarre possibilities, yeah. you know. And it's just kind of intriguing how technology really, and I guess a lot of science fiction is about that. Like, here's the good thing about science. Here's the bad thing about science, all this power that we're harnessing for ourselves. You know,
1: um, when you said science fiction, that kind of reminded me of something. I won't go too far into it, but uh, people have been noticing a trend in teen fiction, you know, uh, before it was like Twilight Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But now what, tweens, which I hate that word, but I guess just for lack from of a 10 better word, yeah. and, you know, uh, teenagers, I guess, is a lot of it's dystopian, like, uh, the hunger games, yeah, like some dark future, dark future. And there's, there's one I've been kind of intrigued by where it's, it's told from the perspective of a bunch of domesticated dogs that somehow sur- survive like an apocalypse and, you know, their adventures and stuff like that. And I know, uh, uh a lot of it, if you haven't figured it out, figured it out yet, a lot of what Greg and I talk about is nostalgia. And I know there's a book, you know, about our memories and stuff. What were the books? Were they spin? Were they supposed to be like related to the War of the Worlds universe?
0: Where remember the tripods? and Oh, I mentioned both, that. Yeah. yeah, I forget the name of that series, oh, but it was really intriguing. Yeah, I yeah, read the, them too. Yeah. These aliens came down and took over Earth, and we're kind of like enslaved humanity sort of thing kind of a very dismal uh, existence
1: yeah and there were it was a trilogy of books and they they were aimed at they were aimed at the tween market Mm -hmm. it wasn't called that at that point but that's what they were aimed at Um, and both Greg and I it turned out we started talking about it and I was like oh my god I read those books you know we remembered both of
0: them well and you've you've mentioned this before because you're so much into movies and, and, and what movies mean and movies often reflect society's uh ambitions or anxieties. Anxiety, yeah. And from the fifties to the seventies during the Cold War when the threat of nuclear annihilation hung over the country in a very vivid way, yeah. that's when there's a lot of dark science fiction, right? Uh yeah. Dark, like especially seventies. Yeah. Logan's Run. You get yeah. killed at thirty, yeah. uh silent running where you're out yeah. in space and you're yeah. the last human bit yeah. of humanity. Yeah. So it, maybe you know, we've ha- we've been in a recession a light recession or whatever for, for four years and maybe this generation is just reflecting some of that, you know. Yeah. It's, I, the I, world's I, changing, you it, know, it, the world markets and our economy's not as yeah. as supreme as it was. Yeah, sort of I would say there's I
1: j I, I don't have quite have, you know, my finger on it yet, and may never, but there's obviously something that the people that age they're anxious about or thinking about a lot that, that draws them to that. Yeah. It's okay. interesting. Yeah. I still can't explain the Twilight thing. No, no, actually, I could. I could do a whole show about that, but we won't. But, we won't. So, but uh, in, in talking about shows, uh, should we talk about a couple ideas? Yeah, well, we've,
0: we've been kind of not on an official hiatus, but a de facto hiatus. But yeah. Andy's always thinking of interesting, fun things for us to yeah. do. And he has a couple ideas. I haven't really thought about it much, but um, uh, what were some of the things you're thinking about? Well... One of the things that I I don't, you know, hopefully I'm I'm,
1: hopefully I'll present it in a way that that makes sense. But it's something I've been thinking about quite a bit um, and I know it's going to sound weird and hopefully it'll make sense when I actually talk about it. But um, I recently got, you know, was thinking about my youth and my fascination when I was a kid with uh, ninjas. And, and similar sort of things. So like, uh,
0: and you took martial arts as a kid.
1: I took martial arts, but this is kind of beyond that, kind of the the enigma of the ninja and everything. And I know this may sound weird, and I, I think I'll be able to make it make sense when we talk about it. And I'll try to brief Greg as, as good as possible. so he's I'll not, do some research. not So he's just like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> but it kind of got me thinking about the idea. So ninja's secret enigma... Power. I mean, one of the things that I don't want to get too much into it because that's what I want to talk about. But uh, the idea of the power of a secret and everything. And that got me thinking about secret societies, real, fictional, um, you know, the idea of their place in conspiracy theory, uh, how secret societies have been used as an excuse for, for some horrible things that have done in his, been done in history. And just, there, there, so in other words, I just kind of wanted to do a big show, maybe not in, in time-wise, but in idea-wise, where I talk about a little bit about personal things, about maybe my childhood a little bit, and also like large things and kind of in, in wrap it all up in this large. So idea.
0: the show you're thinking about is kind of a combination of ninja and the mystique around ninja and secret societies yeah, and of, the mystique around that and somehow combine them.
1: Yeah. Kind of using using ninjas <laughs> and my fascination with them when I was a kid uh, as an as a way to kind of open the door to this larger thing. OK, so uh, hopefully that's intriguing to people. I don't know if it'll be a big mess, but it'll be fun at least. <laughs> Okay. So, right. and then um, uh, I think we're gonna. If, if you remember, um, Greg talked. I think we've talked about this before. I'm gonna contact uh, Drew. Yes. Mark, yes, um, yes. And see we if do, a to do a follow up. Do a follow up show. He's back in Seattle, and uh, we talked about that a little bit on our last one. And so I just need to uh, do the actual uh, talk to him and make sure he's yeah. on board. Um, I don't know. Was there? A, no. Any
0: other? No. That's about it. So a couple teasers for possible upcoming shows. And uh, so this is episode 20. We've been in business for uh, four and almost four and a half years. (laughs) So we do about five episodes a year at this pace. Uh, We are going to our goal is to kind of uh, to ramp that up. So we do a little bit more than that. And we'll streamline it with Skype, hopefully. And then uh, it just won't be as big of a production to to get it done. But uh, thanks for listening. We we always enjoy getting together and chatting about these crazy things we we like to talk about. And always, um, you know, a lot of you know
1: us personally and you, you know us on Facebook. Um, and But if you don't, you can always contact us on City, City com.
0: Yeah, yeah. We have an email address there, which uh, I check occasionally. Email, <laughs> and that's where all of our links will be. And, um, yeah, we'll revamp the site a little bit, Andy, as yeah. you suggest. We'll put some associated links. That'll be yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Make it... Make, so yeah. if you're into this sort of thing, we'll we'll be a place where okay. you can find other Yeah. Resources. I, I might even put out like book recommendations. Yeah. That'd that. be great. And um and don't forget to visit
1: myalototalk.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, visit visit <laughs> Um but yeah, just contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, suggestions are always welcome. Yeah, absolutely. But until then, we'll talk to you later. Okay, episode 20, all done. That was fun. And that was about